1: Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I am comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. Please enjoy this classic clip which is available in full at patreon.com forward slash Steel Wars. Let's talk about the King of the Force masquerade. Now, had you done anything like that before, like a masquerade at other Comic-Cons?
0: Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> this was <laughs> this was my 12th Comic-Con masquerade. Wow. Um, so I've been doing masquerade since 03 and I took 1 year off. And Rogue's been doing it since 05 05. So yeah, we've been doing uh, the Comic-Con masquerade for quite some time.
1: <laughs> okay, so maybe explain to the listener like the, people might hear masquerade and think it's a bunch of people ballroom dancing with uh, little masks over their face but explain the Comic Con masquerade and how it works.
0: Sure, so a lot of cons have costume contests and very often those costume contests are just the person in the costume walking on stage they've given the MC something to read about their costume and maybe how they made it, and they walk around for 20 seconds and then they walk off the stage. And that still is some, That is the basis of the comment on Masquerade. The like point a, is to show off your costume.
2: Yeah, like a fashion show. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: So that is, at its very basic level, that's what Masquerade is. But, in addition to just giving the MC something to read and walk around the stage, you have the option to create a skit of some kind. Um it could have music, it could have dialogue, it could be just mute. Um, it could, yeah, it could be have singing, dancing, but it doesn't have to. None of that is required. All that is required is to get up on stage and show off your costume.
1: Is that the way it's done, the, the, the comic con way? Is that done at other cons as well with the little like skip component?
0: Yeah, it really varies by con. Some cons are really strict about time limits. And they don't have the capability to do some of the uh, effects that the Comic Con masquerade does in terms of being able to project custom backgrounds and change the lighting. You know, sometimes it's just a lit stage in a room with a microphone.
1: And I feel like maybe, you know, you guys have been doing it for, you know, a decade. I feel like it's something that's sort of stayed this, like it's like a pure part of Comic Con that. You yes. know they, they don't get in like a, a celebrity host like the, the two got uh, the, the the married couple that host it are just like hilarious and I just I really look forward to seeing them every year their, their interaction and I have no idea how the crowd knows to chant all those things
2: <laughs> many <laughs> many years of experience <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but it does seem like a timeless sort of thing that has been um, like unaltered by all the you know, like everything else has been so co-opted by, you know, movie studios and stuff that maybe the masquerade is a a pure form of uh, Comic-Con.
0: I think that's absolutely true. And I should point out one of the other really great things about the Comic-Con masquerade is many cons will have a costume contest and they'll have it judged by some random celebrities who are there that they've roped into doing this. Who Comic- really don't know, what, who they're don't know what they're talking about. They're like, oh, that looks pretty, uh, let's award it a prize. And, and lots of those judges do try, but they don't necessarily have the experience. Comic-Con brings in judges, often the same judges year over year, who know what they're looking for. And they do detailed workmanship judging, and they, you know, they really know how to yeah. judge a masquerade, which makes a huge difference in the quality. Yeah.
2: They're often costuming and or makeup professionals in the industry so theater or tv or movie professionals come in so they know what they're looking for
0: but you're right that sorry to interrupt but that it is something that is largely unchanged over the years and a big part of that is due to it's run by the same team every year Um, martin jaquish is the head of the comic-con masquerade and he and his team run an airtight ship
1: like that
0: masquerade comes off pretty much flawlessly Every year, and they just—they just know what they're doing, and they run a really, really great, great show.
2: They run WonderCon as well. Uh, WonderCon okay. that's great.
1: Yeah, the—I'm um, not even sure how I—I've I've been to Comic Con. That was my third time, and I'm not even sure how we went, like why we went the first year. But we just—I don't know. The, it was just so fun, and we each year we sort of, you know, drag people, you know, a little bit. They're unsure of what a masquerade is and then once they get there, they're just like, Oh yeah, this is like amazing. Um, what other um like maybe in the last couple of years, so I could maybe jog my memory, what 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 masquerades did you do like last year? Uh
2: last year we did uh Be a Fan to the tune of uh Be a Man from mulan We'll make a man event out of you. And so we, we were a bunch of disparate costumes and we
1: turned this one guy into this super fan
0: by stripping off his clothes on stage and
2: adding clothes
1: ah yeah I do have a, uh, a vague memory of that one and and what other have you done any other like Star Wars themed ones
2: yes two years ago we did a parody of uh, West Side Story called Tatooine with a bunch of dancing Jawas um, to Luke and, and Owen talking about instead of singing America from West Side Story that, uh, and deciding whether or not they want to be in America, it's whether or not it's Luke wants to stay on Tatooine.
1: You know, obviously, there's a big musical component in uh, your masquerades by the sounds of it. Like, what, what's, your <laughs> ba- what's your background that uh, makes you be able to pull this off so smoothly? Uh, well, it's funny you should mention that. <laughs> uh,
0: we're, we both have done a lot of theatre, um, mostly in college. We don't really do theatre anymore. It's hard to do with a full-time job and keep all of that. So all of our frustrated performance energies go into this two and a half minutes once a year at Comic-Con.
1: <laughs> now, how did the um, the idea for, for The King of the Force... We should actually... Um, I will put up a, uh, a clip on the feed that I filmed of The Masquerade. So, And definitely, if you haven't seen the clip yet, you should watch it first just to... Like, we were... Just so overjoyed with it, we were screaming at the end. As was pretty much, you know, there's like four thousand people in that room. There's a few jokes that got massive laughs in it, and then at the end, it was just like, ah! <laughs> So make sure you go back and uh, get on YouTube, or I'll, I'll put it on the actual uh, RSS feed for the podcast. The, the clip that we filmed. How did the you conceive the idea of the King of the Force, which is JJ Abrams? Is at the Force Awakens panel and he's getting quizzed by some um, very nicely singing Star Wars fans. How did the idea come about?
2: Well, uh, we actually had uh, a couple of ideas last year for Masquerade, and we so we used one and we were going to save the other. But we, we while we liked it, we were kind of nobody was really super enthusiastic about it. And so us and another couple who was in it, um, uh, Mike and Steph Kazy. Who were Han and the Handmaiden uh, in the clip that you'll see? Uh, they stayed with us for celebration. The four of us in our hotel room, and so when we weren't exhausting exhausted from volunteering for the day, we we spent our evening uh, one night brainstorming ideas. And Steph had just seen Newsies and thought that that would be a good source material. Some kind of dancing, uh, you know, upbeat number. And King of the, uh, it's called King of New York, is the song for Newsies. Uh, and that seemed like it had a lot of potential. We rolled around a lot of ideas and she had mentioned King of the Force, which was like, okay, yeah, that's great. You know, is Darth Vader the King of the Force or is Luke the King of the, is the Emperor Yoda or whatever? And and, uh, and we're like, no guys, we just saw that panel in that trailer today. Who is the King of the Force right now?
0: JJ <laughs> Abrams is the King of the Force. Yeah. And then it, as soon as we got that, You know, as soon as somebody said that, and none of us remembers who was the actual person to say it, but as soon as we realized that J.J. Abrams was the King of the Force, the whole skit just flew from there. We instantly started casting our friends, and I I sent an email to my father that said, Hi, Dad, we need you to build a table that Andrew can dance on. Also, we will need you to be George Lucas. And that was it. (laughs) I just sent it. I didn't even sign it.
1: (laughs) That that sounds like a phishing scam if I've ever heard one. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, and, and
1: who did you guys play in it?
0: Uh, I was Princess Leia,
1: mm-hmm. and I was Poe Dameron. Ah, you made a late oh. appearance. Yes,
2: uh, it was, uh, which was also a very interesting costume to make. Uh,
1: well, it was, have... it was actually Caitlin's Princess Leia then that got because I actually filmed the entire, you know, from lights out to the ovation at the end and it was I could see the silhouette when you're all setting up of Princess Leia's hair buns <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh yes the Star Wars one finally so I was like I recorded it and I was just uh I was so happy that I you know hadn't just caught it you know 20 seconds in after realizing uh what was going on did you know that there was going to be a, a jj abrams panel it seems yeah, like we a like a, sure. a long way out to plan it to know that
0: we were pretty sure there was going to be something because star wars usually has a big panel mm-hmm. we did not know that the timing was going to work out so well that mm-hmm. it was going to be friday night that it was going to be such an epic panel that they would have the concert afterwards, and so everyone was talking about it, that it would be on everyone's minds. We did actually have to make a very late adjustment in the audio, because originally, the very beginning narration said something about, I hope you enjoyed a look at that new trailer. And then they broke the news a few days before Comic-Con, no, there's not going to be a new trailer. We're not actually going to show you that. So, uh, Rogue switched it out for um, a, a look at that behind-the-scenes footage. And we totally guessed right that they show, that they were going to show that behind-the-scenes reel. So we were like, yeah, good job us.
1: <laughs> well that, it, it sort of reminds me of the story of um, Weird Al Yankovic when he did the, uh, the, the Phantom Menace parody song. He had to, you know, source a lot of spoilers and try to <laughs> put together yeah. how right. the story would go but so it would come out... And, you know, the film clip would be done the week that The Phantom Menace came out. So, well done uh, on, on, on uh, late changing that. To hear the full episode, along with hundreds of hours of bonus content, I would invite you to check out the Steel Wars Patreon page at Patreon.com forward/steel wars. For just $3 a month, you get a dedicated RSS feed that easily pastes into any podcast app you use, sending the complete archives of Steel Wars episodes along with bonus Patreon exclusives like movie commentaries, Q&As, And shows like the Making Steel Wars show, which I make exclusively for Patreon members with Jason Ward of MakingStarWars.net, where we try to find the news behind the news. Plus, you'll get the bonus segments from the call-in shows, which sometimes can be over an hour.